Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 133 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Royal Pizza. 50 years Edmonton owned and operated. For menu locations, visit royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. On Monday, Brendan Escott, by the way, will be hosting the show for the next two weeks as I'll be taking a little bit of time off. Uh, on Monday, uh, Royal Pizza and Brendan will uh, have some uh, something educational for you. Something that's new that's shaken with Royal Pizza. Royal Pizza still making a great stopper recommendation at Royal Pizza to celebrate their 50th anniversary. Visit royalpizza.ca. Download, again, the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Do want to mention, just before we hook up with Eli Gold, the play-by-play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide, that the Edmonton Oilers have made it official. They will uh, have the Oilers rookie game against the Flames rookies. It'll take place Saturday, September 7th. At the Red Deer Centrum, in partnership with the Red Deer Rebels Hockey Club. Uh, tickets will be made available on Monday, August the 9th. Uh, so the game will be... Uh, so tickets available Friday, uh, August 9th. Uh, the teams will also play Tuesday night in Calgary. So they'll play Saturday the 7th. And again on the 10th, that's the Oilers rookies against the Calgary Flames rookies. Without further ado, we try to hook up with this gentleman once a year. I know Jack Michaels, my play-by-play partner, myself. Uh, we it just so happened for the second time in four years, the Edmonton Oilers were in a market where the national championship game was being placed. We were in Glendale when Alabama beat Clemson in a thriller uh, four years ago, and uh, we were in San Jose. And it wasn't so good for Alabama this time as uh, Clemson uh, routed them pretty good. Eli Gold, former play-by-play voice of the Birmingham Bulls and the National Predators, the play-by-play voice of the Crimson Tide, joins us. Hi, Eli. It's Bob Stoffer. How are you doing? I am well, Bob. Good to be on with you as always. Yes. Uh, have they gotten over uh, in Alabama where football is a religion like hockey is a religion here in Alberta? Have they gotten over what happened in that national championship game to Clemson? Not really, you know, but you have to move on. Certainly, you have to move on. But, no, people are still uh, disappointed and talking about it and and trying to use it as a uh, rallying point uh, for this season. So, but no, they 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 don't get over that uh, very easily down here. Well, they also like if you lose to Auburn, those are tough ones to get over as well. But that's a different conversation. Just for our listeners that are huge NFL fans, the quarterback for Trevor Lawrence, like how long have you been how long have you been out on college football play by play for Eli? I've been doing uh, thirty one years. This is my thirty first year uh, with the Tide, and uh, you know it's uh, I've seen some great. Uh, 
some great championships and you know there have been some disappointments as well so uh you know like i said life goes on you have to move on but no the fans uh, and the players and the coaches they are trying to use the loss from last year as a uh, as a not want to say a rallying point but certainly something to remember so that it doesn't happen again. Uh, okay, I want to ask you about Trevor Lawrence because you saw Peyton Manning obviously when he played for Tennessee. What are, what right. are the quarterback Trevor Lawrence? From what you can is is that as as impressive as you've ever seen a freshman quarterback at that level? Uh, you know, playing. Yeah, in- he was pretty impressive. I mean, you know, Tua Tungovaloa has played very well for Alabama uh, yeah. as a young man. So did Jalen Hurts. But yeah, Trevor played very very well. But, of course, you know, it wasn't all him. He had right. a great offensive line that kept Alabama's outstanding defensive line at bay, unlike any team had all season long. So it is truly a, it is truly a, a team effort. But, yeah, Trevor did an outstanding job. All right. Tell them, educate our listeners here. Why is Alabama good every year? Because, I mean, it's been unbelievable the last decade. But what is it about what Nick Saban... Oh. Nick Saban has done there that's made them as elite as they've been. It's just the way he, he recruits nonstop. You know, some coaches recruit because they have to. Nick recruits because he loves to. And so that is a big plus. And, of course, you know, success breeds success. You know, go back to the years, you know, at the Northlands Coliseum where – you know, when the Oilers were winning, you know, cup or contending for cup after cup after cup, well, you know, who wouldn't want to play, you know, for the Edmonton Oilers in that era? Go back to John Wooden when he had that great series of championships for UCLA in basketball. You know, who wouldn't want to play for John Wooden in those days? Well, it's the same thing. You know, who wouldn't want to play for Nick Saban? So, it's not like he is able to just go out and select who he wants, but it does make Alabama a very desirable destination for players who hoped to be able to get a great education, get a degree, and get into the NFL with a national championship ring or two or three on their fingers. So success breeds success uh, along with Nick Saban's ability. 31 years, a play-by-play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. So you were there when Gene Stallings won a national championship as well. What sure. our list, I brought it up yeah. with our listeners, and, and they might remember our interviews in the past. You also did a lot of hockey play-by-play, including the Birmingham Bulls and the World Hockey Association. And I still, I, yeah, I started in the WHA, and we used to have the old Alberta Oilers, as they were known, wow. came down here and, and played in the WHA. Uh, then I was lucky enough to do the television for the St. Louis Blues, more recently radio for the Nashville Predators, and on top of everything else now, just because I love hockey, and, uh, and, and I do, I am back doing minor league play-by-play for the Birmingham Bulls, of the Southern Professional Hockey League, the SPHL, which is basically the next to the last stop on the hockey ladder. If you, you know, there's the Federal League behind the SPHL, and then and then then you're waiting on tables the next day. But uh, you know, I enjoy it, and I ride the bus 
to the nearby events, the nearby games in Macon, Georgia, and Pensacola, and Huntsville. Uh, and then the team is kind enough to fly me uh, to the distant games in Illinois and North Carolina and so on. Uh, they, they take pity on my 65-year-old bones and don't make me ride the bus for a dozen hours in each direction. But uh, but I still am doing hockey. I can't do every game because right. there are some conflicts with Bama. But, uh, you know, I'll end up doing, you know, 50-some-odd games. And last year the team made it to the finals of the playoffs, unfortunately lost uh, in straight games to Huntsville, the Havoc. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm loving it. I, I still love doing hunts. Well, I, I guess, you know, like people say, this guy does Alabama Crimson Tide football, flies with, I mean, that is, they, they are the most high, high profile. And they might be right now the most single high profile program in the United States. Like I maybe Duke basketball. And I know Clemson has won two of the last four championships. They're still not seen as Bama and Bama's seen as being in a superior conference in the Southeastern conference. Like it, it really, I mean, it must be quite the contrast in terms of you go to, you know, sec media day and contrast that with, you know, the, the interest in hockey down in the South. Yeah. No, there's no doubt. It's, it's totally different, but, you know, but I love hockey. That's what I started doing as a kid. I was in the old Eastern Hockey League, the league about which the movie Slapshot was made. Right. I did the broadcasts for the old Long Island Ducks, uh, and then I worked my way up like any player into the North American Hockey League and the Southern League, then the American Hockey League before, you know, the WHA and the NHL. So, and, you know, I really, I, I'm not, I don't get full of myself, you know. Right. I just love hockey. Yeah, would I rather be walking in, uh, you know, to uh, you know to Edmonton to do a game? Well, certainly. Who doesn't want to be in the big leagues? But that's not uh, in my immediate offing. So you know, we have a team here in town, and you know, I do a pretty good hockey broadcast, if I do say so myself. <laughs> so they were happy to have me, and and I love it. I get on the bus. Uh, and, and or even if we're at the hotel, if I have flown and we're sitting around the hotel, which I might add are not five-star hotels. So yes. If you stand on the roof of our hotel, you might be able to see a five-star hotel a few miles away. Yeah. But, you know, you sit around, you tell stories. These kids ask about the so-called old days, you know, and, and even the more recent day, you know, what was Paul Correa like? What was this one like? Tell me about John Brophy. Tell me about the old Eastern League or the WHA. And so I love telling the stories and, and, and bringing some of the young kids up to date on hockey history. So I really enjoy it. I, I genuinely do. Uh, we're joined right now by Eli Gold. You mentioned did broadcast for Nashville and St. Louis, Birmingham as well. And that's where you met Rod Phillips. And uh, I did the yeah. I did color yeah. color with Rod the final two years that Rod was uh, the play by play voice of the Oilers. You mentioned John Brophy. Uh, it probably predates a lot of our listeners right now, but maybe you know the Birmingham Bulls had one of the tough. They they had they were the baby Bulls. They signed all those young players, but then they also supported those young players with some of the toughest kids of all time. And that was kind of John Brophy style as well, wasn't it? It was, and Glenn Songmore, who was the coach at that point. Yeah, we had Rob Ramage, Craig Hartz, all on the same team. Rob Ramage, Craig Hartsburg, uh, uh, Rod Langway, Gaston Gingras, Michelle Goulet, 
uh, Mark Napier, Kenny Linsman. We had an outstanding, outstanding, not to mention Frank Mahovlich and right. Václav Nedomansky and uh, other guys, Paul Henderson. We had an outstanding hockey club. We had Ernie Wakely in Nets along with a kid named Pat Riggins. We also had John Garrett behind, between the pipes. Uh, of course, he's on the, the Canucks broadcasts now. So we had a very, very good hockey club. But, yeah, there was a need for uh, uh, a Dave Semenko type, if you would, if you right. would. And, you know, we had, uh, you know, Gilles Bilodeau and a number of guys who didn't mind uh, dropping the gloves and sticks uh, to protect uh, some of these great young talents. And, uh, you know, and that's just the way it was. And, you know, up until the last few years, that's the way it's been. And even in the NHL, you know, obviously we know fighting majors are down, but uh, there's always been some protectors uh, on the roster, certainly in years past, though. In many areas, it's starting to disappear a bit now. But uh, but it was a good hockey club, and that was you know that was the sad thing. Uh, as great as it was, with all this young talent, which obviously went into the NHL and played very well for many years, uh, when the, when the expansion came about, uh, John Bassett, the owner here in Birmingham, right, uh, just couldn't reconcile the added expense of going into the NHL versus the potential uh, potential only of getting bigger crowds. You know, Birmingham at the time, it was a day of the week kind of crowd. Right. It didn't matter who you were playing on Friday and Saturday. If you were home Friday and Saturday, the 17,000 seat building was packed. It didn't matter who you were playing, first place or last place. And on Tuesdays or Wednesdays when you were home, it didn't matter if you were playing first place or last place. You know, people had other stuff to do, and you might get 6,000, 7,000 right. people. And, and, you know, and John said, look, it doesn't matter here if we're bringing the Canadians in on a Tuesday or a Wednesday or the Maple Leafs or the Red Wings. We're still going to get the same crowds because the fans at that time weren't all that knowledgeable of hockey history. They just loved the games, but they loved them on the weekends. You know, here Wednesday night is a big church night. Uh, people go to their community churches for activities uh, right. and, and so on. So that's why uh, John elected to, uh, you know, to drop back into the Central Hockey League and not go in to the NHL. And, you know, and that's when everybody came in and took our roster on the expansion draft. Yep. And, you know, everybody on the roster ended up in the NHL playing for somebody. Eli Gold joining us. All right, Eli, I got two questions kind of specific to Al, maybe to your experience because you broadcast hockey and you broadcast college football. Do you think it's, it's, it's comparable, the passion in the Southeast for college football, as to the passion for hockey in Canada. Do you think that's a comparable? It might even be more so in football. Uh, Although, you know, I I respect totally, obviously, the passion in Canada. Uh, There's no question about that for hockey. But, you know, I think it also is market-specific. You know, here in the state of Alabama, we don't have the NHL, obviously. We don't have Major League Baseball. We don't have the NFL. We don't have the NBA. College football, those are the Major League franchises. 
so, and of course, you're playing not in a 20,000 seat arena, but in a 102,000 seat stadium. So, uh, the noise and the overall emotion uh, obviously is weighted in football's favor. But no, I would put Oiler fans, you know, or Canadiens fans, Maple Leafs fans, whomever, uh, you know, up against it. But it's demonstrated differently, you know, for years. You'd go into Maple Leaf Gardens, and the Maple Leaf fans would be sitting on their hands. Right. Well, you know, nobody sits on their hands at a football game, whether it's Bama or any other. There's jumping and yelling and screaming and cheering and waving the pom-poms. So it's easy to see the passion, whereas, you know, when, 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 when Harold Ballard and King Clancy were sitting in that bunker in the corner of the gardens... Uh, and the fans weren't making a sound. It, you know, they were knowledgeable and loving their team, but it didn't manifest itself. So, you know, visually it looks like football has it all over them. But right. uh, but I respect the passion of the NHL fan. There's no question. All right. So as a guy who has done the play-by-play voice for the Crimson Tide for 31 years, so you started, uh, what, 1987, is that correct? 88. 88. But you're obviously well aware of, you know, Bear Bryant, even though he was uh, long since passed at that stage. Uh, I believe he died in 82 or 83. Who's the better coach? Mm -hmm. What's the greater accomplishment? What Bear Bryant achieved at Alabama or what Nick Saban has? uh, And I know that's a difficult, because it's a difficult question, but put it this way. It's it's not a difficult, it's, it's not a difficult question at all, Bob. The answer, however, is generational. Right. The answer is generational. People who are in their 80s and 90s will immediately say Bear Bryant. They were there to experience it. People who are younger, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, they would say Nick Saban. The difference, the game was so different. You know, it's, it's, you can't even compare uh, the games, how they are, the, the offenses, the defenses. You can't compare the travel. You can't compare the roster size. You can't compare the fact that we were talking before about great freshmen. Well, in Bear Bryant's days, freshmen were not eligible to play. Freshmen didn't play NCAA football. Uh, In in Bear Bryant's day, there was, however, no scholarship limit. He had 150 guys prowling the sidelines, many of whom he brought in just so his competitors wouldn't sign them. Today, of course, you've got scholarship limits that Coach Saban has to live with and deal with. So the game is so different. Uh, How do you compare the wishbone offense of the Stabler and Namath eras uh, to what we've got today? You can't. So both men are magnificent coaches. But, you know, you ask me, because I've been here for every snap of every play for the Nick Saban era, I would say Nick Saban. But you ask a guy who's in his 70s or 80s or 90s, and he'd say Bear Bryant. So uh, both men were great, but I think your answer is generational, depending upon whom you ask. Eli, we appreciate your time. I I love getting those games on Sirius Satellite Radio so I can uh, hear your work when I'm driving around sometimes. We appreciate that. Awesome. And I listen to the NHL all the time on, on Sirius as well. I love hearing everybody, and uh, you know, I, I miss the NHL. I used to love my trips coming into Edmonton, but uh, that might be behind me now. Who knows? But 
but I, I salute you and the fans and everybody and it's a great, great city. All right. Uh, we're getting tons of texts coming in. They appreciate your yearly appearance here in Oilers now. You take care and uh, have a good run with the Tide this year, okay? And you guys have a great season as well, and thanks to all your listeners. All right. That is Eli Gold, 31 years, the play-by-play voice of the Alabama Crimson Tide. You heard, I mean, the, the passion that he had for the Birmingham Bulls. And I remember listening to Rod Phillips talk about, you know, all these young guns at the Birmingham Bulls, and that's sort of the page that Nelson Scalbania took when he brought in a guy named Wayne Gretzky, who, again, will be on the show next week for roughly 90 minutes of actual showtime. We'll come back in two minutes and wrap things up on Oilers Now. This is Oscar Platform from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Shed. Colin has Texas on the Heartland for text line. Bob, that interview with Eli was outstanding. Many memories for me. More coming in. James says, Eli, all class. Thank you for having him on. Another text out of Red Deer. Eli Gold is a class act. Craig says, Bob, Mr. Gold is a treasure. Out of Barhead, Alberta. Bob, it may be the dog days of summer, but that was one of the, uh, today was one of the best shows in a while. Well done. This is why some of us listen every day. You never know what you're going to catch and catch a beauty. And Dudley says, Bob, the U.S. has 10 times the population of Canada. If football fans in Bama are more dedicated to football than Edmonton's hockey fans are to hockey, they should be drawing around 200000 per game, not just a hundred grand. What can I say? Oilers fans rule. Well, you heard Eli. He's got great respect for the Oilers fans. And there's about 50,000, 60,000 people tailgating outside of those buildings when there's 100,000 inside. The CBS football package that runs with the, the SEC the television on it as a guy who worked behind the scenes in TV in the uh, late 90s and early 2000s is roughly on the same level as the Masters. It's that good of TV. It's terrific theater. All right. To this day in Oilers history, Brendan Escott. It's a big one. Back in 2005, Bob, the Oilers acquire all-star defenseman Chris Pronger from the St. Louis Blues in exchange for Eric Brewer, Brad Lynch, and Jeff Wojtka. Pronger only played the one season in Copper and Blue, but helped lead them to the Stanley Cup Final in 2006. Thereafter, he did request a trade sent to Anaheim for two first-rounders, a second-rounder, Joffrey Lupel and Ladislav Smee. Who are both former first-rounders, yes, indeed. And by the way, they got Pronger, and then the next day, they got Pekka. And then they went to the Stanley Cup final. Tonight, Reed Wilkins Inside Sports. Monday, it's a show. It's a fluid show. All right. Thank you very much. Monday is a best of Oilers now. Brendan will be your host uh, for a a little while here coming up, uh, at least the next couple weeks. Um, We'll head it off to a news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell. Followed by the 630 Chit Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Again, Brendan F. Scott's your man here at least over the next couple weeks. We'll see you down the road. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.